Hey there, theater lovers! Welcome back to Let's Take It From The Top! I am your host, Hallie Mastro-Berardino, and this is another episode in our college series. With the beginning of the school year upon us, I am so thrilled to be welcoming guests from four different college programs to chat about their college experience. If you have not checked out the first two episodes with Jay Alexander and Caleb Matura, I highly recommend that you go and listen to those. And today I am so thrilled to welcome a friend of mine to the podcast, Michaela Renfro. Michaela has moved around a lot in her childhood. She eventually found herself and her family in Cincinnati, and then she attended college at the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, aka CCM. Michaela and I recently reconnected through doing the Performer's Plan, which if you've listened to my episode with Kelly Youngman, you heard all about, but we actually ran into each other in life before then when Michaela was auditioning for colleges. She came to Point Park, which is my alma mater, and I ran her dance audition. I can remember looking at Michaela's headshot as I assisted the head of our program with who was going to be accepted and that whole process. So it is so wonderful to reconnect with her now, to meet as professional performers and hear all about her experience in between the first time we met during her college audition process and now. Some of Michaela's favorite roles she has played are Mary in Awaited, Janet in Rocky Horror, Rose in The Secret Garden, and she was seen in the ensemble of Cinderella at the Muni, where she actually found herself this summer playing Alice in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which she did so alongside past guest Sarah Meal. I am so thrilled for you all to get to hear this conversation that I had with Michaela After just graduating school, we get to hear where her brain is at. We get to see all of the exciting things that she has lined up and all of the possibilities that await her in her future. But before we get to that part, we are going to cover everything from her college audition process to why she chose to go to school for musical theater in the first place and then what it was like to train at CCM. I'm very excited to share this conversation with you, so please sit back, relax, and without further ado, let me welcome Michaela. Hi, Michaela. Hi, Ali. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing so well. It's so good to see you. So excited to have you here. You as well. Happy to be here. Why don't you tell the people, where are you? What's been going on in your life? Uh, all right. Well, I'm right now still in Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. I am 15 minutes from the college that I just graduated from, the University of Cincinnati, CCM. And I am packing up my apartment as we speak and getting ready to move to New York in the next month. So crazy things happening. <laughs> yes, crazy and exciting. That's so yeah. cool. And I'm so excited to get to hear all about your experience at CCM and... Yeah, just excited to jump <laughs> it was a wild one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited to hear all about it. So, okay, I think we are ready. Let's take it from the top. Uh, I love that, yes. 
Awesome. So, Michaela, let's start at the beginning of this whole thing. Why don't you give us a little background, how you got into theater in general, and then when it came time to think about auditioning for schools and going to college, what made you want to pursue musical theater? Um, so, I went to an arts high school. Uh, I just moved to Cincinnati basically the latter half of my seventh grade year and I transferred to a Catholic school and it was just absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was like, you know, there's this arts high school in town that they start in eighth grade. So why don't we apply or audition basically see if you get in. And at that point I hadn't really done anything. Like mm -hmm. I just like, well, I dance and sing in my room. Let's just see if it works. <laughs> and so I sang what I did for love. That was my first audition song ever. And I got in. It was wild. And so my high school was an arts high school. So I think because of that, I didn't really know any other world. I was just always in shows, always in a choir concert, always doing monologues in a black box. Like, so when it came time to apply for college, I was like, well, I haven't really prepared anything else. I don't know what engineering is. I don't know what I don't even, if I wanted to be a marine biologist, I wouldn't even know what that entails. <laughs> so, so that was just like easy decision. Well, I'm just going to continue to dance and sing and hopefully a college will accept me and I can just go learn more. So that was that decision process. Pretty easy. Yeah. No, that's really cool and really unique. No one has come from that kind of background yet. So <laughs> I think it's it's interesting to share. And I know for me, like that is just something... In, so I'm close to the city and it exists yeah. there, but there's nothing like that for me around here. But when I went to school and like would hear about kids who were like, I've been doing these like voice and speech acting kind of classes before. Meanwhile, for me and I think for, for kind of most people, it was like being yeah. thrown into something brand new. But that's really- well, did, you, did you ever do like the studio game when you were little? Like I was always jealous of the girls in my college that were like, I've been dancing since I was like two. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had that training. Yes, that, <laughs> so the, yes, that was like my, yes, dancing since I was two. Yes, yes. All of that. <laughs> there are two different paths. We can all get there. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. And so then, Michaela, when it came time to, you know, choose the schools to apply to and to go and audition, can you explain what that process was like? Yeah. So I was definitely in that group of, I was seeing my peers apply for like 12 to 20 different schools. I mean, sometimes you have to, like the approval rate of these programs are just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the financial means to do that. I was like, well, you have to play, pay to apply. You have to pay to audition, like get a hotel room, go and do the whole thing. Like the trips were just expensive. And even for the Unifieds, the Chicago Unifieds, New York Unifieds, those hotel rooms were, I mean, outrageous. And so I was like, I can't even really afford to go to Unifieds. So I had to sit down with my dad and my stepmother and I was, we were looking at different programs and he was like, you, we have to pick like five, five programs that really mean something to you. And so I just dug into research and all the YouTube holes and all the interviews of um, alumni or current students. And then I did the deep dive of like, who's on Broadway, who's working, what careers am I? It was like, as a high schooler, I felt like I was like the psychotic girl in her bedroom, like looking at Broadway musicals on, you know, you yeah. know, the type. <laughs> so, um, I can only apply to five. So I picked like 
the big five basically as my only audition opportunities which is like psycho when I look back at it mm-hmm. um, but I was like I mean and it's funny because we both know Kelly uh-huh. And I was like, I just kind of manifest. I was like, I'm going to get into one of the schools. Like, I know I'm just going to get into at least one. That's all I need. One to say yes. So I applied to Michigan, Point Park, Baldwin Wallace, CCM, and Wright State, I believe. Wright State was like, I think I had, like, I knew some of the teachers there. So I was like, well, I enjoy the program and it's close by and it's cheap tuition. So I was like, I'll just put that on the list because I do really think I'd be happy there. Yeah. So that was my five. And I went to every audition in person. I did the whole, you know, I traveled. I went. I think that's how I first came in contact with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, at Point Park. And, yeah, so that was the, the decision for two audition process. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. I can remember Michaela, like, staring at your headshot because I saw so I worked oh my God. head of the musical theater program. And we literally kept, like, binders of – like who was accepted, who was waitlisted. And so constantly having to like flip through and put everyone's information in. So I saw you before I really knew you a lot. <laughs> I had like the short blonde, I, I had a bob. I mean, my hair is now like long, dark black down to my butt. But in college when I was auditioning, I think like the it haircut was like this short bob. Mm-hmm. And I had like blonde in it because I was going through some weird thing where I was like, I don't want to really look as Asian, which is a whole other conversation. But yes, I got that I was a completely different human. (laughs) Yeah. And so then what was the outcome like for you, Michaela, like going to audition at each of these schools? Like, uh, does, is there one audition process that sort of sticks out that you can share? Um, Well, funny enough, I fell in love with Point Park. Like Point Park was my, my like first choice. I loved all the students. Like you guys were so great and the conversations and, I like you guys were giving out your phone numbers so like I felt like there was like one senior or or freshman even that was like that would pick a person and be like hey if you need help or if you need advice like here's my phone number like text me at any point during this process and I was like oh my god these humans are incredible um I had the best time in my dance call the um I forget the head of your program was so kind Yes. Oh my goodness, she was so kind because I was incredibly sick the day that I auditioned. It was like oh right when the cold and flu thing happened. And I remember she had me sing through my book because I think she could tell I was sick and she was just trying to see like if I could work through it. But she was so kind about it. And so I was just like, oh, Point Park is it. Like it's it. And it was my first audition too. Mm. So it was really early. It was like November 11th or something. It was like one of the first ones. Yeah. And surprisingly, it ended up not being my school. And I, funny enough, so we'll just like, spoiler alert, I went to CCM, but (laughs) I, I waited and waited and waited for Point Park to accept me. And they, and they, like, I don't know what it was, but they just waited so long. And CCM at that point was the only school that I had gotten into, but I was just waiting to hear from Point Park. Yeah. And so I ended up accepting CCM because I was like, there's no way I auditioned really early. If they haven't told me now, like people have gotten acceptances, I didn't get in. The, the day I accepted CCM, the day after Point Park sent me their acceptance. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And and like, it all in all, it all worked out. Point Park, like, it it just all worked out. But it was, it's just funny because I look back on that experience and I'm like, if I had just held out one day. (laughs) That feels like a a prime example of like, what is supposed to happen will happen, even though you may have wanted another outcome. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I think it, I just, yeah. And especially talking to you, I'm like, wow, that was like, I really wanted to go to that school. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, not been so impatient like I am. And <laughs> it's okay. We live and learn. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, Michaela, that's so amazing. I mean, a really unique process. And yeah. I, I also, I mean, again, had the friends who were auditioning for 20 schools and were traveling all around. And I think I had six. So yes. I was. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not the only one. Okay. No, yeah. I was very much agreed with my family that like I'm only going to apply with places that like you said that I really connect to that I really could see myself going to so really important that if you have at least those three that you're like these are really good ones it means the world of a difference to go and see it because I had that thing about Michigan you know everyone's going to Michigan and I went and auditioned and there was just something off like not off in a negative way but just like I think that like, I was like, oh my God, you're gonna love Michigan. I want to love Michigan, it is what it is. And then I got there and I was like, no, I love it. But then something in the back of my head was, uh, this might not be it, it's not a perfect fit. You know, that feeling I got at Point Park or CCM really. So it's really important just to like, I think really be on campus if it means a lot to you for that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I think that's great advice, great (laughs) advice. just wanted to pop in with a quick little side note before we continue on with our five questions with Michaela. But I just wanted to point out that Michaela and I almost had opposite experiences. I went and visited CCM before deciding where to apply and absolutely fell in love with the program. I auditioned for them, I believe it was in December, their first on-campus audition. I went in, I felt great about it, and a couple weeks later I actually got rejected from the school and I wanted to say that because Point Park for me was not necessarily a school on my radar but now looking back I can totally understand why that was where I was meant to end up. So I just wanted to share with all of you theater people out there especially if you are looking to get into colleges and tackling that process you will end up where you are meant to be. You will end up where you are meant to be. Just wanted to add that in there. But now, let us get back to Michaela. All right, so let us jump into these questions, Michaela. Very excited (laughs) to hear all about your experience at CCM. So here we go. Question number one, what was something that you expected or a preconceived notion that you had upon going to school that ended up being untrue? Mm, um, I think with some of these big schools, you think that once you get in and you do like the first year, first two years, and then when you graduate, it's all going to be set out for you. Like, it's all just going to magically come together. And like all in all, yes, of course, life has a way of working out and it eventually will all come together. But I feel like I watched some of my classmates and even I had to have this realization. I feel like I had a little bit earlier, but I'm watching some of my peers kind of go through this too, where, you know, you can't just rely on this, the name or the reputation of where you go. You still have to grind and work and do a lot of the learning and thinking and growing that everyone else has to do at every other BFA program. And so I think that, you know, I kind of came in thinking CCM 
the training was just going to take care of itself. Like I was just going to go to class and do my step ball change, learn my monologues, and it was just all going to magically come together. And I think that I underestimated the amount of like mental work and the, you know, growing that you have to do as a human. And so, yeah, I think it's, I just underestimated not allowing the training to just like, you know, let me ride through my career in a way I had to really double down and focus on what I wanted at the end of this whole process at your senior year. And you have to make that happen. Your training won't make that happen. I completely agree. And I know there, there were even for me like moments in school where I was like, I'm not getting whatever it was. Like, I, like even for me, like a specific example in my head is like ballet. We mm-hmm. only were required to take it like our, really our freshman year. But my senior year, I was like, I am getting myself in a ballet class. And I had to do the work to put myself in the class, even though technically like wasn't really supposed to be in there or like, <laughs> Yes, I CCM's the same way, and it blew my mind. I mean, I get everyone's a different performer, and something some things you don't need, and some things you will. But I, we also have. I think it's like you only have to take it for two years, ballet specifically. Mm-hmm. And I remember my junior year, my senior year, I had to like do crazy hoops and cartwheels to try and continue to have ballet on my on my schedule. And I'm like, why is it so hard for a music theater major to want to take ballet or <laughs> junior and senior? So right. yes. Yes, I was totally with you on that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. You will have to, even at these huge institutions, fight for your education in ways in which you think you need to fill holes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like I said, if you feel like you're not getting something, it is up to you and it is your right to have that part of your education. And so don't fall back on those things, like quite to the end. Yes. Oh, yes. And I feel like, too, that's something that, like, once I was out of school, started to pertain even to auditions or classes and things like that. Like you actually are in charge of those things. And as a student, especially, I feel like there was a lot of like, oh, but the the administration is saying this or like the my teachers, my professors are saying this thing. When actually, it's like, no, if you really want it, you can really make it happen. Yes. And taking that power sort of. Oh, back. yes. And I I think it's sad, too, because I felt like I didn't realize that until, like, my junior year of auditioning, where I was, I felt like that was kind of the year that I turned, and I was like, you know what, I actually can rock these auditions. I don't have to walk in as some, like, sad, sorry girl for, like, apologizing for being there when you're, it's fully my audition. Why am I doing that? Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started being successful. So, oh, yeah, I wish I made the realization earlier, too. Definitely. Yes. All right, let us jump to question number two. What was one of the biggest challenges you faced and how did you overcome that challenge? Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely was in that college generation of uh, trigger warning COVID-19. So I think my biggest hoop probably was junior year when everything shut down. It was, we had just closed our spring show And then the Monday after, it was like after the Sunday matinee, the Monday after we shut down everything. 
And to me, in my like weird brain, I was like, junior year is the year that you like tie everything in a bow. Like you basically freshman, sophomore, junior year, get all of your training. So you're this finished product basically by the end of junior year. And so then by senior year, you're just like showing it off. You're all put together. You're this, you know, all perfect being BFA being. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we shut down, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I have like two months left of classes I need to do. I have like all I haven't finished my acting classes, like our last acting class with this gorgeous acting teacher, Richard Hess. I was like, I haven't finished with him. I have all these things I need to do before the end of junior year, and I'm stuck in my house dancing on carpet uh, for a video. And I remember being so angry. I was just so angry during that time. Mm-hmm. And I was mad that I, I mean, in that moment, I believed like my training was over. I was like, how am I supposed to finish out my college education and paying thousands of dollars? And then, you know, all of the mental things come in, like I'm in my house, you get sad, all of my contracts are being canceled, you know, my, the seniors above me, like were leaving when I couldn't see them because everything was unsafe. And so like that whole few months was just rough. I mean, it was rough for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, bled into our beginning of our senior year. So then even senior year wasn't, we didn't have a normal class once. We didn't have a normal showcase. So I felt like that was probably, you know, a year and a half of just rough. It's just rough out here. Brutal out here. Yeah. And I guess I overcame it by, one, going to therapy. Do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, I did a lot of, um, other things besides theater, which was like wild to me that I could be this other human outside of the BFA mm-hmm. reality. And three, um, just, you know, realizing that there's a lot more than being stuck in a studio um, and grinding your bones and muscles to a, <laughs> to a pearl. So, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's many other things that connect along in there, but that was probably like the biggest hump and hurdle of my college education. And it was very recent. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's so funny because a, a few people have been able to speak on that because the, the, the other guests that I'm having on in this series are your age, a year above you, a year below you. And yeah. so everyone was affected by it in different ways. Yeah. But the idea of like having to become a person outside of theater, I think for a lot of artists, whether you were in college or out of college, was something I think within the process of it was pretty brutal and was like a <laughs> uphill battle. But now that I know for me anyway, that I have like different things that I can do and that I feel confident in, I'm like, that is a positive to have come out of this crappy time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I found myself like, one, I was like, I think I thought that I was an unhealthy human or an unhappy human when I wasn't performing, that word mm-hmm. performing. But it was actually if I'm not one moving my body every day, if I'm not like taking a walk outside and like fully using my physical extent, that's what makes me unhappy. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with painting my face and putting my heels on. Although love that (laughs) fully just like working out or going, taking a walk. Like that is what fulfills me and like being active. And so 
I know, I know that that will pay off and when I'm 30, 40 years old and some things are a little different in our careers, but yeah, I can still move. I can still, you know, do some jumping jacks and yeah. So I know it'll all pay off. Oh, that year was wild. Yes. I, I, yeah. I mean, I give y'all a lot of credit for still being in school during made all it out, girl. You made it out. <laughs> I know I was like complaining or not complaining, but like realizing how many years I'd been out of school and been like, oh, I'm old. But then that happened. And I was like, I really would not trade places with anyone just because yeah. I like couldn't even imagine was seeing, you know, like people on their Instagrams, like videoing their Zoom classes. And I'm like, yeah. how is this? Yeah, my classic Zoom setup was I, I live in a one bedroom studio and I basically had to close a door and I had to put my dining room table in front of that door, put a chair on my dining room table, put my laptop and a couple books on that chair. And then that was the Zoom setup in case I had to sing in class. And I had this like two foot space in which I could move. It was, it was, I like had a picture of my niece or a friend of mine, a picture took a picture of me singing for zoom and it was like if someone could see this whole setup of me singing like well i don't even know what it was if i loved you and carousel <laughs> this is what my background is oh it's crazy yeah well you'll have to send me that picture and we'll put it on, on the <laughs> i'll dig through i'll dig through the archives and i deleted it just because i was like i can't look at this <laughs> Okay, Michaela, let us move on to question number three. Who is one teacher that had a great effect on you? It's just so hard. I, I felt like this was the one I was like, I can't just like pick one because they're all, I had a team of people. I was really, truly like brought up by a village. So like during that really hard year, I was also, weirdly enough, the first year of our new head of CCM, Eric Santagata. Mm -hmm. He was, um, his first year was COVID year, we always like to say. And we're like, geez, like, if you don't quit after this year, you're good. You're cold. Right. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, because the school is crazy, one. But on top of that, we were in pandemic. But he, so he was the head of our program, one. Two, he was also our senior acting teacher. I think he also taught tap five, but I am not a tapper. So I was not in that class. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, save myself some meltdowns with that one. Uh, so he was this lovely, lovely man who he was an alumni of the program. So he had gone through it. He knows he knows everything about what we do and specifically to CCM. Um, he's had this gorgeous career on Broadway. And then he quit and went to go be a sous chef in like Europe, I think. And then, wow. yeah, and then came back and did a couple of gigs here and there. And then was like, mm, I'm going to apply to BCCM's head. So that's his journey to us. But I think that because of that, he was the perfect human to mentor us through a time where we weren't performing. Mm -hmm. And to me specifically, he, I was struggling a lot with like identity and like trying to fight what my peers wanted me to be and fight what I thought my freshman self wanted my senior self to be and what I had all these, you know, thoughts of what was going to happen my senior year and well, it was all this stuff. And he, I think my beginning couple of months of my senior year, I really kind of just quit I really did I was like I didn't really do a lot of work in class I didn't want to perform I like it would be time to, for me to present something and I would like 
I just, I wouldn't be able to. I was like singing to a, a rock. It was terrible. <laughs> and so he pulled me aside. He's like, we're going to Zoom. We're going to talk. And I was like, oh God, here we go. And we had this amazing conversation and um, he helped me just work through a lot of like human shit, which like doesn't happen with the head of a program of a BFA institution. Sometimes, sometimes they're just like push, 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 push. But he was more focused on if I was okay as a, you know, normal human being aside from the dancer, aside from the singer. And he helped me, you know, just find my path through all of this crap. So if I had to just pick one human, it would probably be Eric. Um, he was definitely like an angel throughout the whole process. And yeah, very grateful for him. Love him. Yeah. Big hearts. <laughs> Talk about like a savior in the craziest in time. The depth. Yes. <laughs> we were in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michaela, let us move on. Question number four. We're almost there, almost at the end. Oh, geez. <laughs> what was your favorite performance opportunity? I <laughs> I was, uh, I had the opportunity to play Janet in Rocky Horror my junior year. It's the fall of my junior year. And I picked this one not because necessarily it was my favorite time of being in a show at CCM. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt one, it was my first like huge, huge lead. Um, and two, it taught me the most about how I wanted to be an artist, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot about your own um, voice in that show. I learned a lot about how you get to decide as a performer how you rehearse how you work you you honestly decide like how your how your day is gonna go if that makes sense mm -hmm. um like you were talking about before like you have that power and i slowly learned that um throughout that process so i think in like a weird small personal way that was my favorite experience just because i learned a lot about myself mm -hmm. and i think then I'll say my most fun that I've ever had in a show was Guys and Dolls sophomore year because I was in the ensemble of that, but I, I put my heels on. I put, I was like in the Havana moment. Oh my God. I love that show. So those are two. I'll just pick those two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No, I think that's like a perfect mix. And I know like when the shows that stick out in my head of like when I was in school, there are like different categories almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad that's that the thing is that like Janet wasn't necessarily fun. I felt like I was stressed out all the time, <laughs> all the time, but I learned the most. That was the most educational experience. But then like you have your fun shows that you're just like, you know, dancing, kicking your face and they're like, oh, I just wish I could do that show one more time. Yeah. Yeah. We are at the final question, Michaela. <laughs> My favorite of them all, I think. <laughs> No pressure, but <laughs> okay, God. So the question is, what do you dream the future holds for you? I want you to think as big as you can, as far into the future as you can. <sighs> um. Wow. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I'm starting to learn that like it's okay to want things, mm -hmm. and it's okay, like you said, like dream big. 
And um, sometimes you don't allow ourselves that. So I've been doing lots of journaling. And I think with all of these like giant movie musicals coming out, I'm like, wait, I am going to do that. And I, that's weird because I'm like, I had never saw myself on film. I used to hate it. Literally hate watching myself on film. <laughs> and someone asked me, like, do you want to be in movies? I was like, no, no. I want to be on stage. Like, that is that is my thing. But um, La La Land changed that. Um, in the Heights, this gorgeous new movie that just came out changed that. Greatest Showman. So along those lines, like, if someone did a new adaptation of like a gorgeous golden age show aka like guys and dolls or um even if they like wrote something new like la la land and i could sing and dance on screen in like an old-fashioned mgm like mm-hmm. white christmas-esque with a little bit of uh singing in the ring kind of moment like that's the vibe i want i want it to like old Hollywood, but like trendy, like La La Land. And I want to do that on the big screen. Cause I feel like that's like wrapping our training in a boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're trained to be these musical theater actors, but then it's on a big platform for like everyone to see. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That's the dream. I want my <laughs> ticket to that. That sounds like amazing. <laughs> We can just dance together. It could be both of us. You could be, you could be like be the buddy, the two girls that like moved to New York, tap shoes in hand. Well, you'll have your tap shoes. You're much better tapper than I am. <laughs> wear my heels, and I'll just like book. It'll be about like booking a show, and the show is the movie, and yeah, it'll be fun. Wow, I, mean, <laughs> I, I am on board for that. Really, I mean, I'm. I just got like very excited. I'm sure everyone listening is like, I want, I want to be in that, and or. Uh, See that. And think about everything you did, like think about all the jobs for dancers that movie would make. Like it, mm-hmm. it's great for everyone. It's great for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Michaela, what a what an amazing way to like top off such a wonderful episode. <laughs> I'm like super excited to like go and pretend I'm in our movie on yes, my we'll walk start down. Right the now. We'll start we'll start working on our product race. Just we'll <laughs> Crystal day one Wednesday. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh well, Michaela, thank you so much for coming out and for sharing your experience. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yes, of course. And I'll be sure to you know share your uh, social media and all that with the people because yes, 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 I can. I I will stand up and say that you are just such a light, and I love following everything that you do. So thank you so You're much for being tired. here. Thank you for having me. Oh, so great. Well, everyone, we find ourselves at the end of such a spectacular episode of the college series of Let's Take It From the Top. I cannot thank Michaela Renfro enough for joining me today. Her openness and her honesty that she brought with her to this conversation is really just astounding and such a testament to the type of person and artist that she is, and it makes me really excited to see what the future holds for her as well as for the future of our movie, which, I mean, if you're a producer out there or if you 
also like that idea and want to like latch on to it and you know get on board with me and her I think that that would be uh, really cool so feel free to reach out and you can reach out by following the links in the show notes of today's episode as always there are links to my Instagram the let's take it from the top Instagram and the let's take it from the top email and you can also find a link to Michaela's Instagram in those notes as I always say I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, on the other episodes in the college series, as well as all of the episodes that have come before. I love hearing your thoughts and opinions on the podcast, so keep them coming, people. And although the college series will be coming to a close next week with one final episode, there is still so much in store for Let's Take It From The Top, and I cannot wait to share it with you all. That being said, I hope you have a spectacular day. Another big thank you to Michaela for joining me today. And I will see you next time on Let's Take It From The Top.